Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Doug Hopkins, a living legend. He's done over 17,000 transactions, just shy of 500 last year, and, already, and did 40 over 40 last month. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties, and I help entrepreneurs create businesses that support their life, their family, and their goals through mentorship. I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. If you want to be one of those millionaires, drop me a message on Instagram at steve.trang. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for the show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Doug to answer. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So when did you get into real estate? Uh, I got into real estate in 1993, actually. I was a uh, I was going to school. I was going to Arizona State University, and um, uh, I was selling cable door-to-door. And a buddy of mine that I was selling cable with uh, graduated and decided to become a, a loan officer. So, okay. Uh, about that time, uh, rates had come way down, and he was doing the same thing I was doing, except he was doing loans, and my commissions were $50, and his were a couple of grand. <laughs> and so he showed me his paycheck, and I, we compared paychecks, and uh, I'm like, all right, how do I get into this? How do I get? It's like the Wolf yeah. of Wall Street scene. Yeah, I'm like, I, w- I want to do this. So <laughs> yeah. I, I quit my job. I went and, and worked. I had to do a 30-day, 30-45-day uh, training. Um, got got trained. Try, try to figure out what I was doing. I knew nothing. I was just a you know young kid just trying to figure out what, what the heck a, a loan origination point was and all the escrow terms. I had no idea what any of it was. Um, the day that I started, uh, rates had jumped back up, and that was the end of refinancing. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they said it's a very right. short window. It was it was horrific. Yeah. And and so I was like, all right, what do I do now? And they said, well, you got to go out and, and and hit all the real estate companies. And try to get business that you know from realtors that are that are uh, you know finding people houses. So that's what I did, and and uh, you know it was all commission based, uh, and I was down to my my last dollar. I mean it was it was bad. Mm. Um, sold. I had a bunch of baseball card collections. I had to sell my baseball card collection just to just to pay rent. Uh, and uh, wound up meeting a couple uh, that that worked at Realty Executives uh, that said we're not going to use you as a loan officer, but we'd really like to hire you as a real estate agent. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm not doing very well with this this mortgage loan officer, loan officer thing. So I'm like, ah, what the heck? I'll, I'll give it a shot. And so I did and uh, wound up just doing four deals. Just uh, snap your fingers, uh, get your real estate license. Yeah, well, I did. I got, well, no, I, I, it took a while. It's Well, it, back in the day, and I think you still can do it now. You can do it in three weeks. Yeah. So uh, I did it in three weeks. Uh, I didn't have the money to put myself That's through not school. Scary at all. No, not at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have the money to put it through. My, my parents, thank, thank God, they paid uh, paid for me to go because I was I was literally couldn't come up with the $350, I think, that I went to, to go to school. Mm-hmm. When I, The day I got my license, I went in there like, oh, it's going to cost you like $500 to get your license and your lockbox key and this, that, and the other. And the people I was working with, I turned to them. I'm like, I don't, I don't have it. And they're like, Okay, we'll we'll pay for it, and and you can give it to us on your first your first. Uh, oh, they commission. really liked you. So yeah, and it, it turned out really well. In fact, I still work with them today. They're in their 80s. Uh, Bob and Mary Millard. Yeah, I still work wow. with them to, to this day. They 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 refer me a lot of business actually still. 
Very interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay, so 94, you get 94, licensed. 94, I get licensed. You're um, doing deals. Doing deals. Met a couple of uh, investors that were buying houses. I got really good at finding at finding uh, investment properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making making a bunch of money for these investors because I was finding uh, VA repos and, and HUD foreclosures. and But I, I never went down to the courthouse steps because I was always told, you know, it's like the mafia down there. Mm-hmm. And you go down there, they'll break your legs. They won't let you bid. They're, they're going to bid you up. Don't even bother right. going down there. It's it's crazy. So I never did. I found I, was, I found other ways to find houses. Yeah. Uh, the, what I was always I was always told is the good old boys network. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was, yeah. And and th- there was a little bit of truth to that. There was there was a, people would um, if they came down there and they didn't know you, they would bid you up just mm-hmm. on purpose and and uh, you know make it make it so that you had a really hard time buying a house. So right. They they take it you know they take a little bit of a hit you know on their commissions or whatever or whatever their overage was going to be, mm-hmm. and uh, just to make sure that you didn't come come down there because if you started making money down there then all of a sudden you'd be there every day and they didn't want that. Yeah. So at which point then did you start going down? So I I, uh, I sold a mil- my first million dollar house. Uh, it was like one point one million dollars, and I got a commission three percent commission. So it was like thirty three thirty three thousand and change. My buddy had a bar in his house, and I'm like, man, I, like, hey, can I come over and take a take a picture of your bar because I, I want to give it to my contractor. I think your bar is really cool, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to build one in my house. And he's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm not going to be home tomorrow. I'm going down to the auctions. I'm going to go check it out down there. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I come with you? And he said, sure. I'm going to Tiffany and Bosco down here in Phoenix, and and so I'm like, I hitched, I went over there, met him for a cup of coffee. We drove down together. I saw this house go. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to remember the street. Revere, Revere Street, uh, and uh, and it was going. I'm like, man, that thing just sold for I think it was like sixty eight thousand dollars. It was, it was, it was maybe it was yeah sixty eight grand. And so I'm like, that house is worth like one hundred thirty five thousand dollars. Like I I know that area. I know you know. And I, I was like, man, I go. So this is ninety nine. This is ninety nine. And and somebody had a sheet and it, it showed me the square footage and everything else on mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, wow. I had never seen a, a house go that cheap in that in that area, so I, I said, "Hey," went up to the guy who who bought it. I go, "Excuse me, sir, uh, what do you plan on doing? You know, doing with that house?" And he goes, "What the heck do you want to know for?" And I said, "Oh, I just just want to know because you know maybe I, I you know I have a, might have a buyer for it. You know, I work with investors." He goes, "Were you bidding against me?" I go, "No, I, I wasn't bidding at all. I just came in here to watch. Who are you with?" And I said, "With that guy over there." He's like. All right, ten thousand dollars. You can have it. Ten thousand over what I paid for it, and you can have it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll write up a contract. Um, I can close in thirty days. I can. I, I, <laughs> and he goes, no. He goes, you, you need to pay for it in twenty four hours. Yeah. And I'm like, I, well, I don't have the cash to pay you in twenty four hours. <laughs> and he goes, well, just you know, go get hard money. And I said, no. Oh, all right. What's hard money? I had no idea what hard money is. And he's like. Here gives me gives me a guy's card and says here go down. It was uh, Scott Gould uh, over at RLS uh, mm-hmm. here. So I called him up and he said, Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm available. Uh, come on down. So I went down there and I was like, All right, you know, I'm going to need twenty percent down. It's going to be eighteen percent interest. Uh, you know, twenty percent down, eighteen percent, eighteen percent interest. Correct. It's a correct. little different. Yes. Than today. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, not much, but it's yeah, it's changing. The times are changing for yeah. sure. Uh, so, so I'm like, man, I don't have the twenty percent 
to put down either. You know, that's, it was still up $78,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still going to be 15000 and change. Um, so I'm like, huh. I'm like, I, I don't have that money. He goes, oh, okay, well, wholesale it then. And I said, huh. What does that mean? What does wholesaling mean? <laughs> it you goes, had a quick education. Yeah, oh, it, it was all in, in, within like a three-hour period. And, and uh, he goes, well, just, you know, you, got, you know, you can buy this thing for 78000 Go find somebody that will buy it for more, and you can collect a check tomorrow. And a light bulb went off in my head. Like, I, it was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. The clouds cleared. Yeah, it was, it was just like was that. Singing. Yeah. So I, I literally called my dad on the way home, and I said, my life just changed. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I just went down. I saw these auctions. It was amazing. These people were bidding on houses, and they were going so cheap. And I met these hard money lenders, and they could give you, and they get, could close it in 24 hours, and it's insane. It's so fast-paced and amazing. And my dad just said, just be careful, Doug. Maybe you should. You're doing pretty good at what you're doing. Just stay stay doing that. And I'm like, no, Dad, you don't understand. This is amazing. I know what I'm doing here. And so anyway, I— uh, How old were you at that time? I was 28. Okay. So I uh, uh, wound up um, calling everybody I knew that had, that had money. I'm like, I got this great deal. And I wound up uh, talking to a buddy of mine that uh, was a vice president of a bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was looking for rentals. Uh, we went over and checked it out together. He said, how much is it? And I said, 82000 <laughs> And so I tacked four grand on it. He goes, yeah, that's, looks good. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay. So I called I called uh, Scott down at RLS and I said, "Hey, I got a guy that wants to buy it." We went down together. We did all the paperwork, got the checks, sent them off to the trustees, uh, trustee company, and I had a check in my hand. And 24 hours later, for four thousand dollars. Also, on your first experience, first experience at the auction, first experience at the you auction. Made 4K. Yeah, that's not common. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. Uh, and the guy that I bought it from, I wound up working with his company for, for years, um, sold a ton of houses for him. I, I was their East Valley guy. Mm. So I was, in my, I was in Mesa. I lived in Mesa and Gilbert at the time. So you were kind of like what we call today the disposition guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's what they called it back then. Well, back then, so it, it was uh, times were a lot different back mm-hmm. then, you know, going from 99. I worked from them from 99 to about 2007 or so, seven, 2007 or eight. Um, and basically, uh, I was, uh, they would call me up. They, information wasn't as readily available as it is now. Right. So you, you literally, a lot of the, the, the stuff that you had to do, the research, you had to actually have people go down to the courthouse, uh, get the documents and, you know, make copies of them and then track them yourself. Uh, so a lot of people had no idea what was going, what was on the docket to sell that day. Yeah, and you're literally bidding against maybe five other people, and stuff was selling at fifty, forty, fifty, sixty cents on the dollar. I mean, it was compl- it was a great time. I mean, yeah. it was insane, and it was only a thousand dollars. You had to have a thousand dollars cash. Oh, really? Uh, instead of ten thousand as it is now. Okay. And if you made a mistake, it's like, ah, eh, I lost a thousand on this one, but I made thirty on this one. Yeah. So you know, it was no big deal. Now you lose a couple of ten thousand dollar checks, and that's not fun. Plus, yeah. the spreads are not anywhere close to what they no, used to be. Not. <laughs> no, no, that that definitely got ruined. Yeah, I think, and we'll talk about later on, partially by 
your company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. So, so basically, what happened is, is during that time, uh, I was I would drive houses, mm-hmm. and then I would give them my the number that I would I would pay for the home, and uh, if it, and most of those are on the East Valley. So I was the East Valley guy. They had other people for the West Valley, and then I had first shot for driving them, and, and there was no pictures. It was I wasn't taking pictures or anything. I was just literally giving them a report of what I thought it was worth because I was you know extensive background as being a being a real estate agent, mm-hmm. and the, and. Uh, what I thought it was worth, what I what I would be willing to pay for it, and uh, and then if I got it under, if they came in under that number, I had first first dibs at it, and it was never a, a set number, right? It was, I would say, okay, I'll pay up to two hundred fifty thousand for it. They'd get it for one hundred and ten. And they charged me 140, and it was always every day was always like, oh come on man, you got this for 110. Can I get can I get it for a buck 20 at least or something yeah. like that? But so it was a lot of haggling. Mm-hmm. Back and forth, uh, and but you know I did I worked that worked out for pretty well until uh, till things got bad in in '07. So at that time you're you're driving the properties, you got first shot. Are you selling it to the investors that you were working with previously? Uh, yeah, so I was so I knew a lot of people. I knew mm-hmm. a lot of investors. I worked at uh, realty executives at the time, and then I went in 2004. I wound up opening up Red Brick Realty and opened up my own brokerage. Uh, the great thing about that was a lot of people that were investors um, that were also real estate agents came over because they wanted to be have first shot at at all the stuff that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it worked out really well. We were buying. Uh, I don't know, thirty a month, thirty-five a month, something like that, and and I'd sell most of them in-house. I built a building uh, over on um, Higley and Southern, uh, yeah. and it's still there. Uh, uh, and we had a, we had everything under one roof: mortgage company, uh, uh, appraiser, uh, brokerage, and um, an insurance all and title all under one roof. Mm-hmm. And literally, I was—I uh, wouldn't leave the building in order to sell it. Everything that I sold <laughs> was right there. Everyone, everyone that was in the business that was doing a sort of volume that in the, on these in East Valley was was right there in my office. Right. So it was pretty. It was pretty cool. I mean, the the energy was electric every day. The going to work was amazing. Uh, I would go into work at at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, and and wouldn't leave until eight eight thirty at night. It was yeah. it was just awesome. And it's not because I wanted to work all day; it's because it was awesome just being there and being around everybody. I mean, it was just uh, the culture there was was fantastic. Money was go flowing, uh, houses were flowing. You know, yeah. it was just it was awesome. So you're doing like thirty a month, uh, thirty thirty five a month, yeah. Um, before the slowdown, yes, and then. What kind of fees were you tacking on? There was no set fees at that point. So uh, it could be anywhere from ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in 05. You know, uh, in 05, I bought most of a lot of the stuff had dried up at, at trustee sale because, uh, you know, stuff was going up so high mm-hmm. and it was not hard to sell your house. Um, so I was literally buying houses. I bought 365 houses, uh, 360, I think, three uh, off of MLS in, in 2005, um, of which, uh, you know, I would normally pay full price. I, I, would, I was buying most of these first day on the market. I was manually going into to MLS every single day between, you know, in between 04 and, and, and 06. And, um, 
and anything that came up brand new, I was checking literally every 10 minutes, you know, manually. And then uh, if, if I saw one that I look, a lot of realtors didn't know how to price houses. They were using comps from six months ago where they yeah. didn't realize that it was going up $10,000 a month. Right. So you have a $110,000 house and they put it at full price and it's, that thing's worth 170, 160, 170. Because yeah. nothing has closed in there for the last uh, for the last six, seven months. So they're using their old, old comps. And then you know, but you you know, you're just looking in the subdivision. A lot of realtors didn't know how to how to comp out a house or price out a house because it was going up so fast. Yeah. And by the time it would close, it go up another ten or fifteen grand. So I'd wait right before it closed, and then I would wholesale it, and I was making probably twenty average of twenty thousand dollars a deal. Wow. You know, just and that and plus commission. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're talking about slowdown, for most people, the slowdown is 2007 through 2009. So, yeah. But for you, the slowdown of the auctions, was that the same for you or Yeah, so 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 the, the auctions slowed down start, starting for me in, in 05. Right, because, yeah. so for you, it was a different challenge. Yes, correct. So I, I completely, completely flipped. So I, I think people ask me, what do you think your number one reason for being as successful as you are? And I think it's the ability to adapt to what's going around uh, out there. And the reason I've been able to adapt is because I always have my finger on the pulse of the market of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that being a real estate agent has helped me tremendously figure out, um, you know, what's going on in the market. Being an owner of a company, a real estate company, is, is and seeing the numbers and seeing the trends and what's selling and what's, what's sitting and, and uh, you know, how come we, we were 20% down this month or how come we're 20% up this month or, um, you know, and see what's happening with interest rates and whatever. I'm always constantly uh, seeing what's happening. And, and I'm glad you're saying that because one of the things, one of the original reasons why I started this show was to kind of like unite, you know, the realtor and the wholesaler community. I think that's been a massive failure. I think that James died, but <laughs> that was one of the reasons why I started the show. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, realtors need to open their eyes to wholesaling, which obviously you, you do. But I think wholesalers need to look at potentially getting a license as well for when this is one of the very many reasons, right? Well, you have a pulse yeah. on the market. You, you can see what's happening and you know the neighborhoods, you know the yeah. terrain. Not only that, but if you're going to be marketing at all, you, you get to monetize it, right? Right. You know, there, there's several times where I can only, you know, man, they, they, they want, you know, they owe so much, I'm only going to make three or four grand on this wholesale deal if mm-hmm. I'm able to get it down. But it's a $300,000 house. If I can sell this thing for, you know, uh, for market, I'm going to make nine grand. Right. You know, so uh, even if I have somebody else do it for me, I make fifty percent of the of the of the profit, so yeah. or, the, or the commission. And you can't really collect that if you're not a real licensed real estate agent. Right. So, as you know, with the amount of leads that I have coming in, I want to be able to monetize those leads in other ways if I'm not able to buy them. And we do quite a quite a few listings. I think uh, I think we did sixty eight uh, listings uh, last year in in Arizona, and I think another. 40-something in, in California. And the ones in California, the, the commissions are ridiculous. Astronomical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. When I first went out to California, uh, you know, seeing these little two-bedroom, one-bath, 680-square-foot houses selling for five or $600,000, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, this number still are just – that's why I let my partner Damon out in California, I let him yeah. handle that because I, I, I can't do it. With, those, with Seeing those numbers, it just – being from Arizona and knowing the Arizona market, I just don't yeah. know how he does it, honestly. So did your radio ads start – around what year did your radio ads start? 
Radio, we started in um, probably, see, we did uh, radio ads in 2013, somewhere around when Property Wars was was going on. Okay, I, so I then we'll, we'll, we'll hold off on that then. Okay, okay, so you transition to MLS. Yes. Right? And then you do well there. And then we have another shift. Yes. So then we have another shift, and um, nobody knew where the bottom was, right? I mean, right. 07, everything, everything. I went, uh, I made one tenth the income in 2007 as I did in 2006. Mm. And you want to put like perspective, like what the numbers were? Uh, over, well over two million to about two hundred thousand dollars. Mm. So a slight uh, change in lifestyle. You know, it, and it's amazing. Sometimes it, no matter how much money you make, you still live the same way and you still spend the same way. It's it all like, gets spent somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the government takes a bigger piece and it just yeah. feels that way. So, um, and then uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was tons of, of houses going up foreclosure. Mm-hmm. So much so that I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what to do. So we were buying our fair share, you know. Uh, and I was, and I at this point, I'd, I'd broken away from the other company, mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, how to make my niche. Um, they were trying to make it pretty hard on me, and uh, to get back and, in, and, and, and yeah, in the auction, yeah. And uh, I, you know, finally, they, you know, I think they relented because I was persistent and. Yeah. Uh, uh, what happened was um, uh, Queen Creek, before it was Santan Valley, uh, Queen Creek was devastated. Oh. It, it just was devastated. It was a ghost town out there. Streets filled with signs. Just whole subdivisions. Yeah. It, was, it was horrible. I mean, houses that were selling for $230,000 now were being sold off for fifty, sixty, seventy thousand. dollars 70000 Nobody was buying them. Yeah. And uh, it was driving me nuts because I saw so much potential and opportunity there because um, I was always a Pinal County guy. I was always the guy doing the Pinal County sales for the, mm. the other company. So I knew Pinal County like, you know, and especially Queen Creek uh, and, and Apache Junction because yeah. uh, I was an East Mesa guy. It was easy to get to both. Um, I wound up uh, uh, going to Scott Gould from RLS and, and uh, I sat down with him and I said, listen, I, I need some money. He goes, I'm, I'm not not fun, fun, financing anything out in Queen Creek. Not happening. Because I lost millions out there. Oh. And I said, I'm telling you right now, look at these numbers. I go, you, the replacement cost. What's the replacement cost on these? They're selling for 20 bucks a square foot. Twenty. I mean, 20 30 $40 a yeah. square foot. What's the replacement cost on these? It's insane. So, um, so we, he says, let me, let me make some phone calls and I'll, I'll get back to you. And he goes, you know what? You got it. There's, you got something here. I think. Yeah. He goes. I'll I'll do a few for you. See how they go. And I said okay. So went down to the auctions, and I and I bought five and I wholesale them all. And uh, I took one down myself, which mm-hmm. I still have. I still have as a rental, uh, and sold off the other four. Uh, the people. So it was it was crazy. So you'd have a model match, with somebody who was still in it for that that owed one hundred eighty thousand on their two hundred thirty thousand dollar house. So they are listed at one eighty. We buy it for sixty, and we list it for one ten, and of course the one ten sells. Of course. So what happened was, everyone who was stuck in in these big houses, they would say, "Okay, I can, I'm gonna just buy this other one over here for eighty thousand dollars less than what I owe, mm-hmm. and then just give up, give up the other house." Right. 
and that happened quite a bit. And and so you were saying you might have been at fault for this whole short sell. I was not at fault. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I I was buying at sixty and putting it where the market was, yeah. which I thought was like one ten, one twenty. Gotcha. I would I I wasn't the one who 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 you know said okay, you still owe me one hundred eighty thousand on yeah. that loan. So I was just going where the market was. Right. So you had a bunch of bunch of them up here, and they couldn't compete with the ones down here. And we we would you know make a rip on on each one. Right. And it started going and going. And, and then it caught it, it, it really caught fire. I wound yeah. up hooking up with a, um, a Canadian investment company, and they put together a fund, and we wound up uh, going. Can Am or different? No, it's it was um, it was a I can't remember the name of their fund right now, but uh, he wound up selling it. I think they tripled their money on 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 it. it was, oh, I it believe was, it. It was crazy. I remember yeah. those days. Yeah, you know, I'm showing houses for 85k. Yeah. Back down in Santana Valley. Yeah, they sold everything. Did did an unbelievable job. Uh, yeah, we were able to, to to. We bought them all for them, and we sold them all for them, and and uh, and managed them all too. So it was a uh, it was pretty it was a pretty cool little project. So you're working with Scott. You're building out Santana Valley. Eventually, I imagine you just take over all East Valley. Um, so so basically, what happened was um, I, there was up to, at one point going 1,500 houses going a day. There was no physical way for me to 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 check them all every day. I was yeah. as it was. I was going nuts, so I came up with the idea of going to you know my my investors that I was selling to and saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to give you the list." And you know the list that was the big word back mm-hmm. then. You know if you had the list you know, of, of what was going the next day, that was you know again information was still very hard to come by, yeah. and. Um, so I gave I gave it to my investors and I said, I'll, I'm going to give you the list. You tell me what you'll pay for it. And the problem was everyone's bidding on the same houses. Mm-hmm. So then I had to come up with a thing of going, okay, whoever's highest wins and, and how that goes. Anyway, uh, it got so crazy. And then when you buy it and you sell it for a different amount, then this person got got mad at this person for getting a good deal because he was higher. And then I'm selling it for ten grand over, and then everyone's pissed off. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make a flat fee. I'm going to make this a flat fee. And it started out at five grand and then it came down to three grand. And nobody else had done that. Everyone right. else is making twenty, thirty thousand dollars rips on every on every single property. Yeah. And uh, so I decided to just do a three thousand dollar flat fee. Well, that went haywire, right? So everybody in there, everybody, I mean, I had people coming in, 10 people a day coming into my office to sign up and I would give them the, the list. You were the first one to go to 3,000? I was the first one to go to 3,000. Uh, I went down to, we had bought, I think, uh, we had bought already 20 houses in the morning auctions, and I had to go down for another one other auction. And I walked in because I had nobody else, I had nobody else to cover. And um, I walked into a, a lot of very upset people, and I sat down at the, at the table, and they said, uh, so, Doug, seems like you're doing pretty good, huh? You're buying everything. I said, well, I'm trying, you know. Aren't you guys? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. How does it feel to single-handedly ruin trustee sales? Yeah. And I said, uh, what are you talking about? He goes, this flat fee garbage that you got, and now everybody's, all of our clients are leaving over to, get, to go to you. And I'm like, 
yeah, sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you walked out of that meeting so, unscathed? Oh no, no. Uh, there was there was a couple times where I, I, I yeah, they were pretty pretty heated. You know, yeah. you go in, you're a disruptor. You know, and right. and and uh, you know, some people like like the things the way they are, especially when they're going good. And when somebody comes oh, in yeah. and takes their cheese, they're not very happy about I it. I mean, so. they're doing twenty k rips. Yeah, and now they're zero. Yeah. Yep, and their yeah. clients are jumping over to us, and so yeah, it was it was a pretty crazy time, and we were buying. I mean, I think the, my, our record was thirty four in one day, uh, and that was just in Maricopa County. We were, yeah. yeah, it was, uh, um, and then Pinal County would always have, you know, it, it was we were buying probably five, six, seven a day down there too. It was, it was an unbelievable time, and then uh, and then all of a sudden the the I don't know coming in 2011, 12, the, the big corporations started coming in or the, yeah. the big uh, uh, eye buyers or, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them came yeah, in. Yeah, those hedge funds. They the hedge definitely funds, changed yeah. the yes, game Yes, 100%. they did. Yeah. So this service, this 3000, 3K bid service, that yes. eventually turned into posted properties. Yes, correct. And then you guys were national. Well, it wasn't national, but we were in. We were, in, like we were in a few. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were. Yeah, they, they would come in. Yeah, it was, we were on a lot of different. We were in the Wall Street Journal, and, and that must yeah. have blown up business. Yeah, so so I was. Uh, it was, and and it, it did. Uh, and then we moved out to California and got picked up by a hedge fund that, that asked us. We we had built a software mm-hmm. uh, that was able to scrape all the the websites. And, and get uh, information in real time. Uh, drop bids were where everyone was making a bunch of money, which means it was scheduled at the auction to go for two hundred thousand dollars, and at the last second they dropped it to one ten, uh, just to just because the bank didn't want to keep it frenzies. anymore. And it was awesome. Yeah. Yes, that's how I bought my house, uh, right. that, the house that I bought that I lived in. Uh, I mean, I bought it, it was a three million dollar house that dropped that dropped at the last second. To seven hundred eighty thousand bucks, and yeah. I bought it, and uh, and I lived in it for a while. My ex-wife can thank me for that. She got to take that up. <laughs> so she benefited. Too. She benefited. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. you started to post the properties. Yeah. That did well, and at some point, uh, property wars. Came yeah. Along. Yeah. So during the, during the the late. Uh, during, I think it was 2012. Uh, so we were still going pretty good in poster properties. And um, and I got a phone call uh, from, a, uh, from a producer in New York, and they wanted to do a real estate uh, foreclosure show. And I'm like, okay. And they said, well, we, you know, we were going to do it, and, and uh, we have it scheduled, and we went down to do the auction. I think there was 12 houses that were – Scheduled to go, and you bought ten of them. So we realized we don't have a we don't have a picture or a, a show without you. And I said, "Well, I'm not doing it." I said, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause I don't want you know." By that time, Storage Wars was like pop, really, really popular on TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I heard all the people that were going down to storage auctions now, and I'm like, I don't want a show going on because I don't want more competition coming down yeah. here. And um, and so uh, I, I stopped answering their phone calls. And he called me from somebody else's phone one night. It was about 5.30, 6.30 at night. And he called me from somebody else's phone because I wouldn't pick up his phone call anymore. He's like, just please give me a shot. Uh, just let's meet me tomorrow morning. And, uh, you know, and let, let's just go out with you. If it works, it works. You, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. At least we have you on camera if you decide to do it. And I said, well, what the heck? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll meet you. Uh, so I went out and um, – the only reason I did it is like I'm like 
I was just just got a divorce. I'm like, ah, maybe it'd be a cool way to make, pick up checks. You know, <laughs> that's, that's really one of the only reasons I did it because I didn't want anybody else going down there. You know, <laughs> so I, I wound up uh, uh, meeting up with them, and and I literally just said, hey, just stay out of my way. We're I'm just going to go look at houses. So I went out, looked at houses, made sure they were vacant or occupied, and and you know if I could get in and take pictures, I did. If I if I couldn't get in, I you know make notes of that. And that's all I did for like three hours. And they're like, so this is what you do? I'm like, yeah, that's it. And I'm just going in and checking out houses. And yeah. like, well, what about, you know, what what about the houses? I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm calling them the numbers to to the guys down down at the uh, at, at the courthouse. I'm like, so what about the interaction with like all the other guys and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, there's not really, <laughs> it's not really too much of that. Yeah. And uh, like, well. We want to try something. Let's meet at this house over here, and let's have you all meet meet over here. And so I'm like, all right, so cool. Uh, we met at a house. I'm like, hey, hey guys, how you doing? And they say, all right. I'm like, this is pretty weird, huh? Having these cameras, but yeah. So this house on Saratoga in Gilbert. That was the first house. It's never been seen on the on the uh, on TV, but that's the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, all right, well, you guys been on this live. Well, I owned a house three doors down as a rental. I really wanted this house. And at the time, it was a house in Gilbert. If you can imagine, this house in Gilbert is 1,312 square feet, tile stucco house, you know, uh, built in 2000, I don't know, it was early 2000s. And it was worth 115, 118,000, if you can imagine that. It's probably worth 260 to 280 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was opening up at 85,000 bucks. Uh, no, it was less than that. I'm sorry. I, I figured I was going to buy it at 85,000. It was opening up at like, in the 58,000 or something mm-hmm. like that. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to buy this house. I'll probably go up to 80, 85,000 on it. It's, you know, it's, it's Gilbert neighborhood should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I really want it as a rental. So it goes up to 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. You know, I'm like, $80,000. I'm like, these guys aren't even dropping off. So 81, 82, 83. I'm like, there's no room in the wholesale anymore. I got to take it down myself to use it as a rental now. Yeah. 90, 91, 92, 93. And I'm like, I'm looking around. Finally, John and, and one of the other guys drop out. And there's just me and this guy, Scott. Who's, I didn't realize when you have the cameras running, how much people hate to lose. They don't mm-hmm. want to look weak on, on TV. Um, and who knows who's going to see this. So neither of us wanted to lose. I wound up winning winning that house at a hundred thousand dollars for a house that was worth one hundred eighteen thousand. Yeah, winning, and it was occupied, <laughs> so I had no idea what it looked like inside. Yeah. And I turned around to Scott and I threw my papers in the air and I started screaming at him and going, "What the heck are you doing?" And and uh, and cussing and screaming and everything else. And then I turned around to the producer. I goes, "Is that what you wanted to see?" And like. That was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> He's like, "Dude, you're, you're hired. I want I, we want you on there." And that was that's how I got hired on. Proper <laughs> that was your course. audition. That was it. And I it, I was just messing around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, for someone you know that's looking at this on the outside, you know, outside looking in, how was having a reality show? Did that impact your business in any way? Oh, absolutely, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it gives you. Uh, it gives you a, a couple of different things, pl- pl- pluses and minuses. You get, um, uh, you have a little bit of a target on your back. Mm-hmm. 
had to read some really horrific things about me you know, on Twitter and people that hide behind there and say, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's a this, that, and the yeah, other. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but for, for the most part, uh, it's been a really good uh, – um, you know, it gives you a certain letter, uh, level of credibility. Um, right. And uh, it's given me an opportunity to, to help a lot, of, a lot of people as well. Um, yeah. And, 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 uh, and some opportunities I wouldn't n- normally had before, um, you know, doing the commercials and doing stuff that uh, – uh, and getting out of my box. I, I, was never, I was never the head guy. Uh, I was always very um, shy when it mm-hmm. came to being on camera or uh, doing any public speaking. The fact that if I had to do this back 10 years ago – not a chance. I would never have come on the show, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Not that I wouldn't want to, like, because I'm having a good time talking to you. Yeah. But I wouldn't have been able to. My voice would have been shaking. My whole body would have been shaking. My face would have been red. I'd be sweating a lot more than I am right now. <laughs> so it would have been it would have been a lot worse. But uh, um, yeah, you know it, that helped me get over it uh, to do a lot of public speaking and going on and doing. Uh, they wanted me to be the face of of Property Wars, and so I got to do all the commercials and going on all the news shows, and uh, which was really intimidating. You know, walking into a studio and, you know, Fox 10 and, or, you know, ABC, uh, you know, doing a lot. NBC was on all the channels, Channel 3, yeah. um, and getting interviewed live on, you know, on, on TV. I was scared to death. But, you know, the, the more repetition, the more you do stuff, the, the easier it becomes. And, and so right. it, it, it's got a lot easier. still get a little nervous here and there. But, uh, but this led to advertising on TV. Yeah, so so that's what happened. So I figured, you know, I went into a, um, a marketing agency in, in California trying to figure out what next, right? It's, it's hard to buy houses. You got all the big the big behemoths in here in town with mm-hmm. billions of dollars, you know, eating up stuff at 100% margins, you know, I mean, you're, they're, they're basically paying what it's worth. I'm like, what, what's next? So I walk into a marketing firm and they said, well, you're on a national TV show, you should be marketing your name. I would create a, a you know, create a company, DougHopkins.com, and start going direct to seller. And uh, and I'm like, that sounds like a really good idea. And so I did that, and uh, that was probably before PPC, or I, I didn't even know what PPC was. Yeah. In fact, I, that's, I'm still pretty new with that stuff. But um, we just started doing commercials, and yeah. and. Um, and on radio and also on on uh, on TV, and we had a really small budget, and it was very scary because I'd never really had to put out a budget before to bring in business. It was always there, you know. You just go down to the auctions, you know. It was, right. There wasn't a marketing budget. It was <laughs> that's what was available. That's it, you yeah. know. So you know, spending ten grand a month or something like that, but to me at the time was like, oh. I, I, you know, I don't want to. That's that's a lot of money, and ten thousand dollars a month in TV doesn't get you much. No. So, um, but uh, you know, I started getting, I started working. I was like, oh well, shoot, I got three deals out of it, and you know, those three deals made forty or fifty, and then next you know you, you just keep going and going and going and going, and and uh, and so now we're at the budget that we're at now. But uh, that's that's how that that all started. Um, so let's talk about you know what you got going on today. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've done amazing what you've done in your career. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so right now, is TV and radio your biggest source? So right now, we're doing 
We do a little bit of everything. Uh, radio, TV, obviously, is the biggest. Um, it's the most expensive. Uh, it, but radio is, is pretty good, is pretty big as well. Uh, we do some Facebook, not much. Um, Branded? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. And because you already have the name for radio and TV. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, we're also doing PPC, and we do some mailers, not a lot. Yeah. We get a lot of a lot of stuff that comes in on the on the internet um, that that gives false information. But they they just want to uh, they don't want to talk to anybody. They just want to see what their house is worth, mm-hmm. or they, you know they don't want to put their give us their address or their or their their email address or something like that. So we have we try to tr- chase them down too and see if they can we can get them to sell their house yeah. as well. So um, we do a little little bit of everything. Yeah. But if you were, you know, 80-20 rule, right? I think it applies to everything. Yeah. So 80% of your business is coming from? Uh, I can't say 80% of it's coming there, but um, 65 has come from huh. commercials. Commercials? Uh, yeah. Uh, 20 from from radio and the rest from all the other sources. Okay. Um, it's, it's funny because they all kind of go together. Right. Um, when... I, well, I wasn't doing PPC. I'm like, why would I do PPC? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, then I figured out why I need to do PPC because everybody's advertising over my name. You know, I get I would get so upset. I put out, you know, you, you Google Doug Hopkins, and then all of a sudden you got six different, you know, guys that are all <laughs> over me. One of them, you know, a few a few times they put, we pay more than Doug Hopkins. And oh. and so I had to call them up. Was, they were cool about it, but I'm like, hey, you know, you, you can't do that, bro. You got to get that off of there. And yeah. and so they did. Uh, it, was, it was a funny story. We joke about it now. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, there's there's still some people that are, that uh, that put my name on there, and, and we we've got it kicked off. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I don't blame them for doing it. You know, it's right. a, it's a good way to, to try to leapfrog or leap leap onto somebody else's advertising. For sure. Um, and so uh, I had to do it myself in order to, you know, be there as well because a lot of people will click on those ads instead of going to the organic search. Right. Um, or the or the number one. Uh, so it's, it, it was frustrating at first, but we have to do it. We notice we're like, eh, if we don't do it, our, our conversions go down tremendously. Yeah. So you're doing TV and radio, PPC, some direct mail, some Facebook ads. Um, it's got to be pretty tough when you're first getting in. You said 10000 was a tough check to write. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of checks are you writing right now for TV? Uh, 80 80. Yeah. That, and that's in just, both markets. Nope, that's just in Phoenix. <laughs> that's just in Phoenix. <laughs> so it's got to be a lot more. Yeah. In, in, in L.A., it's 100 and – I think it's 120 a month. I mean, it's not double. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's – but it's – you know, it's, it's climbed. It, it's, right. it's, it's climbed from there. Um, you know, those are, those are crazy numbers. But, I you know – I. I didn't start out that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't start out that way. I, I, a lot of people can't relate to that, and I, so I, I, I like to to talk about how how people can be successful in, in this day and age. And I, I, I see the the guys that that got me that got me so focused. And, and the reason I even know who you are is because of, of Carlos and a lot of the other guys that that have made their way from from nothing and, mm-hmm. and now are, are you know big deal and doing doing multi-million dollar businesses and 
um, and they started from from nothing. I, you know, I'm I'm sure that I'm I'm paying a lot more for my advertising than they are from theirs, and they're figuring it out. And I, I really admire that. I, yeah. I respect that, and and um, and it, it got me. It, it's gotten me to the point of. Um, I want to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I know how to do spend a bunch of money and make the phones ring. Yeah. Right? I know how to do that. I don't know how to spend a little bit of money and make the phones ring, or or you know try to uh, you know do the PPC stuff or a lot of the other stuff that they're doing, yeah. and and um, uh, and just their their systems and stuff that that uh, they they got going. I mean the Kegleys of the world and uh, all these guys that are are doing unbelievable businesses. Uh, I have tremendous respect for them, and I, I didn't want to be the the guy that got. I, I saw you know during the birth of Posted Properties and going forward, be passing by a lot of my mentors and people that I that I thought were were untouchable and they had unbelievable businesses. Yeah. And I felt myself getting stagnant and being um, uh, just just being that guy. You know, it's like here's the cycle. You mm-hmm. know, and and I was going to be part of that cycle. I, I had my time, and uh, and now I'm going to go back. I mean, a lot of the guys that, that I was working with back in the in the early 2000s are are out of the business. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to be that guy. I love real estate, man. I love this. Is not work for me. You know, we were talking earlier. You know that that uh, you know about how many how much time you put into to the job and. Mm-hmm. I, uh, to me, I I eat, live, breathe, and sleep this stuff. I I love it. I like. Yeah. I I'm, I love making deals happen. I just made a deal happen this morning before mm-hmm. I'm coming in here. Then I'm going to get paid twenty five hundred dollars on, and I worked on that thing harder than if I had get probably gotten a thirty thousand dollar rip, just because I want to make that deal. It was a challenge for me, right? And and I wanted to make it happen and. Pace and, and and Greg were able to make make that happen for yeah. me because uh, they knew they know a lot more about about uh, certain financing. things that I do creative finance that uh, yep. subject to stuff I don't know anything about that it's something I need to learn if I want to stay relevant you got to keep on learning in this business and if you don't keep on learning it's it, and staying relevant you'll get passed by and I don't well, want that to happen I and mean, I think you you, know, you mentioned something to me um, yesterday when we were talking you know like uh, sharing a stage with Carlos. Like yeah. you looked at him and that gave you a kick in the butt. He didn't know it. He didn't know it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't, I haven't even told him this story. Yeah. Yeah. We were on uh last year, uh, we were on a stage, uh, for a Phoenix Rhea and, and, uh, I was up there and, and he went after, I just got in a, it was what, like, what do you do to get stuff? And I'm like, Hey, I still go into people's living rooms now, you know, mm-hmm. on the East side, I'm, I'm still going out there meeting with people. I love, I love doing it. And so, you know, they'll set the, my phone guys set an appointment. I'll go out there and I'll try to get the deal done. And you know, I was explaining you know, how I why, how I differ from from my buyers, mm-hmm. you know, from the op- open doors and offer pads and Zillows, and I'm like, I actually go in their living room and, and try to make a personal connection with them, and uh, you know, and, and give them an offer right there on the spot. That's a real offer. That it's I'm not going to go back and try to get it down, or that you know, I was explaining that on stage, and then he comes up, you know, next, and he's like. Doug's no G, man. He's old school. He goes, I don't even go in the house. I just do it all over the phone. That guy's closed over the phone, and we're closing this amount of deals. And I'm like, first of all, I went to myself. I sit and I go, what the heck is an OG? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what an old G was. Yeah. Uh, original gangster, I believe, is the yeah. term yeah. now. So, uh, and then uh, and then I'm like, huh, that's uh, that was pretty impressive, you know. Yeah. And and uh, and so. I, it was cool and, and went home and, and that's that I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. I'm like, 
how the heck is he doing that? Where he's getting he's getting the phone to ring and he's doesn't even have to walk into the house and he's buying them, buying a getting a contract without even seeing it. Like, yeah, what? Like it was it was completely foreign to me. So I started following him, and then that led me to you, led me to a couple other guys, and I just and I'm like, man, this is this is pretty cool. I know nothing about it, and made me made me join a, a mastermind group. Mm-hmm. And um, a Collective Genius is a mastermind group from across the country. And I walked in there last last March, so a little a little less than a year ago. It'll be a yeah. year in March. And um, and met a bunch of guys that were doing a lot of this stuff. And I did my presentation in there, and I'm like, I have no idea what everyone else is doing. This is what I'm doing here. Yeah. And nobody else was doing what I'm doing. And, and, and uh Man, I got such a, a a lesson in in a lot of this stuff, and I came back from it was in it was in Tampa Bay. I came back from Tampa Bay. I went to my COO and said, "Listen, we're changing everything." <laughs> 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 and so he's like, well, "Pick three things. You you got like thirty things here. Pick three things." So we we picked three things, changed it all. And now we are flowing like like we wouldn't believe. Had a record year, and so uh, what were those great. three things that? So the three it? things I changed were um, I, uh, we we changed our phone system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we went to CallRail and um, CallRail and Call Central, uh, Ring Central. Mm-hmm. Um, we got two lead managers, and we started doing KPIs on um, the amount of time from our leads uh, that our leads came in to when we got got to them. At that time, we were averaging um, almost 24 hours mm-hmm. getting back to a lead. Wow. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And we've gone from from uh, over 24 hours and not, not doing anything on the weekend. Like, mm-hmm. they, you came in on Friday after 5 o'clock, it didn't get touched until Monday. Yeah. Now it's an average of three, three minutes, 15 seconds. Yeah. So a lot of those times are, like, instant, and, you know, there'll be times where, yeah. But three uh, average to, from a lead being touched to when it comes in and being being called back is three three minutes and 15 seconds. That's massive. So one question I have is, you know, doing a lot of TV and radio, that's where all the iBuyers are, right? That's where they're advertising, right? They've got heavy, heavy money. Yeah. Have you found those guys to impact your ability to buy houses? I love them. So the reason I say that, and people are surprised by it, um, because we're so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm way more, uh, my whole company, the guys that work for me, we're way, way more personal. We do the personal touch way more. I mean, uh, I'm in your living room, you know, and doing negotiating right there instead of negotiating over a, over the telephone or on, you know, online or whatever. Um I'll put my knowledge up against anybody that works for any of those companies. Right. You know, uh, so uh, it's just it's just different. Um, and they've made it more mainstream to sell your house this way. Mm-hmm. When I first started doing this, people were like, you want what? You're going to – my house is worth 250 and you're going to offer me 200 Get out of my house. You're trying to screw me. You're blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, well, here's – you know, they've it, it made it way more mainstream. You know, it's like, well, here's the numbers. That's this is why 200 works, and you know, if you, but you have to get in front of them to do that. And I think that the credibility of of the the name brand recognition of myself, uh, and also seeing what the other people are coming in mm-hmm. at as well, because we're all going to be right around the same number for the most part. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, they advertise on me. I advertise on them. If they're going to hook up, if they're going to somebody going to click on them, they're going to see me. If somebody can click on me, they're going to see them. So. 
all three of us have an opportunity to buy a house, I put my money on me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, so that doesn't mean I buy as many as them. I'll tell you <laughs> that they buy they buy a heck of a lot, but I bet you I make a lot more money than they do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. All right, I see Elizabeth in here. Glad to see you're okay, Elizabeth. Uh, she was in an accident last night. I saw the picture of that truck. It was kind of crazy. So oh, glad to see you're okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Carlton wants to know, Carlton Hooks, can you explain the flat fee thing? So what was the flat fee? So basically, uh, if somebody wanted to buy 123 East Main Street, and they were willing to pay $200,000 for that for that house. And at the auction. At the auction. And it went for 190. They don't they'd pay $193,000 for the house. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't pay the 200 for the house. Now there could be a lot of people at 196, 197, 198, 199, but that guy was at 200. So he's going to get it for the, whatever the, the final bid fee, whatever the final bid was, plus the fee of $3,000. Yeah. So that's that's what that means. Cool, cool. Yeah, and uh, Kyle was on the show. Uh, Kyle Wilders. Ah. He had a bit of service for a little bit. Got well. it, yeah. All right, so. Um, he bought from us, too. He was, a, he was, a, he, he, he was uh, yeah, I think he was a client. Yeah, Kyle was a client for a while, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great guy, great guy. Yep, for sure. Um. Let's see what else is there. ZZ says get his license soon. So that's awesome. Very cool. If you're in Phoenix, ZZ, let us know. Um, all right. So not a whole lot of questions. So let me go back to this. Um, so we talked about property wars, talked about posted properties, talked about radio and TV. So, you know, we're in Phoenix. This is, if this is not the guru capital of the world, <laughs> I would love to know which city it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we mentioned earlier, we got Keegley, we got Pace, we got Kyle, right? we mentioned Carlos. A lot of guys in town here. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the differentiating factor besides TV? Listen, there's, uh, uh, there's enough business to go around. We, what do we got? You know, five million, six million people here now mm-hmm. and just growing like crazy. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to be prosperous and, and making making a, a good living. I can't get to every house. They can't get to every house. Right. You know, uh, everyone's going to get their fair share. A lot yeah. of us actually trade houses together. So I know. Uh, we'll sell it to each other. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you've worked with uh, Templeton. Yep. Right. So. I guess the question, another question is like, you've seen like this whole upside and downside. Like I started in 07, mm-hmm. right? I came in optimistic. I'm going to conquer this industry. Mm-hmm. Took 13 years to figure out what I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've seen all the ups and downs. Yeah. So what are you doing to prepare? Uh, so it's two part questions. What are you doing to prepare for when things change? Um, and what should a newer wholesaler do to prepare for that? You know, a couple of things. Number one, what I've seen with people that have uh, we have we have an ability, especially in this market, to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. What I've seen though is a lot of people will spend every last dime they get. Uh, for me, the reason I when I said in earlier, their business or personal, uh, personally, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, their business. You got to watch your bottom line. You know, mm-hmm. you got to you got to watch. Uh, there's no way in heck that I would be spending the amount of money I am on marketing right now if it was back in the day. But I also learned that I need to. You know, there's there's times where you need to turn that off completely or or very soon or dial it back. You can't. Uh, and you can't expect the same. Ex- uh, you can't have the same expectations if something's changing. And you know you're going from spending a certain amount of money and getting a certain return, and you're seeing like uh, you know two, three, four months go by, and that return keeps falling. You got to start looking around and go, okay, what's going on? Someone's moving my cheese here, and I got to figure out yeah. why to, to go back. But a lot of people will just continue to, to stick their head in the sand and do the same exact thing over and over while the market's compressing or going down or or changing, and um, because they don't know any different. So um, figure out. Uh, you know how to weave in and out of, of traffic, so to speak, uh, when 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 problems arise, um, and be able to adapt. I've gone from trustees are buying VAs and and VA foreclosures and 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 HUD foreclosures, to you know going to, down to trustees sales to buying off of MLS, uh, to you know selling that business and and doing po- doing post properties and and doing the the being a disruptor and to you know go into direct to seller so i've been d- done the whole gamut because i've got you got to go where 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 the things are going what's next i have no idea um, yeah. but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see because i know there will be a next for sure right. um you know this this is not going to stop it's you, you know you only have a certain amount of time for anything and then it, it it's going to going to shift so yeah you know, who knows what that thing, that next thing is going to be. So for the newer guys, don't spend everything. Don't spend everything. You know, another thing I was getting into, I had a lot of friends that bought big fancy cars and, and bought boats and all sorts of stuff and uh, and didn't save anything. I put I put all my money. Didn't save anything. Didn't save, didn't save a lot, no. They might have bought a house, a rental house here or there. Yeah. My whole first 20 years in, in business – I didn't. Uh, I put it all in real estate. I but I I shouldn't say all. I put. Here's a funny story. I, I made a bunch of money on a house. I put two hundred thousand uh, dollars away. Gave it to a stock market because you know the whole um, it was that dot com era. You know where everyone's making all this money. Mm-hmm. So I put gave two hundred thousand dollars to a stockbroker. Uh, in a year, he turned this two hundred thousand dollars into seventy five thousand. Uh, you know, down a hundred and a quarter. Mm-hmm. So I walked into his office one day and I said. So what happened here? You know, it's, I see everything's doing really well, and you know, we went from two hundred thousand to to down to seventy five thousand. He said, "Well, the the company did really well, and I did really well. Two out of three ain't bad." <laughs> if you can believe that, it was a it was a joke. He said it in jest. Yeah. Uh, but I took my money out the next day. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it wasn't a good joke, and. Um, and I realized, man, why am I putting my fate of my money into somebody else's hands? Mm-hmm. I know what the heck I'm doing when it comes to real estate and investing. Why am I? Why am I giving them, this guy money to to do that? And you know, and he's making commissions off me, and, right. and the companies and the, their companies making commissions off me. I'm like, I'm. Why don't I make commissions off me? So I, I stay in my lane now. I do my thing. I don't go and I, bu- I don't buy land. I don't buy multifamily. I don't do this stuff. Every time I go out and try to do something different, I wind up losing. So I stay in my lane, 
and and realize I don't know a lot about this. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to learn about real estate. I don't know a yeah. lot about the, the subject to stuff. I don't know a lot about land. I don't know a lot about commercial stuff. So I stay in my lane, and I realized that a long time ago. And as long as I stay in my lane, I'm pretty darn good. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to do that. Makes total sense. Uh, Max Menez, my business partner, wants to know, uh, what's the next big thing for Doug? Well, we, we started a media company, so we're we're now uh, we're now buying um, commercials and doing that for a lot of the members of, of the collective genius mm-hmm. that around the country because uh, we have so much data on um, on on what works and what doesn't. Um, we've we've been running because we've operated and bought houses in the Philadelphia area, uh, in into New Jersey, uh, into uh, Chicago. Um, and L.A. and and Phoenix and Tucson. So we have all this data of commercials that work, channels that work, how, what, what programs work, yeah. and we're able to really dial that data into going, okay, our money is best spent doing this. So we've gotten into more of the data of, yeah. of going through and, and really – uh, going going down and what's the, what's the word I'm looking for burying down and diving deep diving deep there yep. you go and and uh, and that's really helped so we we took it over ourselves about a year ago and since then our cost per lead is is significantly I think it's gone down thirty percent hmm. over to, since we took it over think you know because we have all the data of every single commercial that we've played over the last eight years yeah so can I be a customer in Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you do anything besides real estate buying, yes. <laughs> All right. So Herman Suarez wants to know: Do you see a dip coming? Honestly, no. Uh, let me tell you why. This is, and this is my opinion. I, I, obviously, I have no idea what's going to happen. I did predict the the, the, the what, what was going to happen when we were going to lose in two thousand. I think I, I called it in. August of 2006, I said, is when I was going to stop everything as far mm. as buying. And because I was buying a bunch of stuff for myself. Yeah. And I think I was off by like a month of when it started dipping. For right. That. But here's the reason I don't think it's going to go down right now because number one, interest rates are so, are so low. All right. You saw that little hiccup last year, right mm-hmm. around the beginning of the year. And uh, when interest rates rose, mm-hmm. I think there's a downward trend and that's going to continue to go down. Um, uh, and there's there's pressure putting it that way. Um, number two, there's so many people, and I don't know if that's for here specifically. I'm just going to say for Arizona. Yeah. Um, uh, there's so because it's so you know it depends on where you're at in the country. Uh, there's so many people moving here, and there's so little inventory. We have what what do we have like less than eleven thousand? We're eleven thousand nine. Yeah. Forty four days of supply. Yeah. I mean, it's unheard of numbers. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is it's crazy. So, um, you know, and I think it's the same amount, by the way, in L.A. with twice as many people or three times as many people. So I don't It's That's just insane to me. Yeah. Um, so I, as inventory being the way it is with pe- the amount of people moving here and there's really, you know, if you remember, if you were here in the in the in the 90s into the early 2000s, you had you had uh, flagpoles up everywhere. Right, there was mm-hmm. all these new builds, new builds going on. I mean, there's there's a lot of new building going on, but not as much as you, if you can remember back in the day of, yeah. of how much new inventory was coming on the market. I think there's a lot less, and it's because you know the price the price to build now is a way way higher than it used yeah, to be. The price of land is way higher than it used to be. 
Um, you know, so it's 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 interesting. Uh, I don't think it's going to go go down anything. In fact, I think it's going to go up another seven eight percent this year. That was yeah. my prediction. Well, the predictions that we're making is double digit appreciation this year. Yeah, could be. Uh, Warner Kroga wants to know what's your average deal size in Phoenix and in LA. Okay, uh, deal size is in is in uh, our take on it or your fee. our fee. So our, our, I know exactly what it is. It is uh, our average. Uh, in Phoenix is eleven thousand nine hundred, mm-hmm. and our average in uh, California is thirty two. There's thirty two thousand three hundred. So you should just double down in LA and leave Phoenix alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't waste any more time yeah. in Phoenix. <laughs> All yeah. right. So you're going because you're licensed, right? You're a former broker. Yeah. Or no, no, I'm not broker. broker. I just, I just own the company. Oh. No, I, I was the owner of the company. I wasn't a broker. Oh, I don't, liked. I don't want anybody else's problems. <laughs> I got enough of my own. So that's the deal. The broker deals with all the other people and stuff. I didn't want to deal with that. Okay, so, you know, you got your leads coming in. What percentage um, are purchases where you buy them? What percentages are you, well, assigning? What percentage are you assigning? What percentage are you flipping? What percentage are you listing? Got it. So um, listings are completely separate. So uh, so I, I don't c- c- include those in the, in my numbers. So that's just gravy. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the we 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 wholesale most of the stuff we get. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll keep usually about three or four a year for rentals, just mm-hmm. for personal rentals. I try to increase my portfolio every year, uh, and uh, for the most part, we're we're selling. We're wholesaling ninety five percent of them. There's there's stuff uh, that we keep that we're we're that, that I'll literally there's there's some houses there's some houses where you don't have to do anything to them. Mm-hmm. If there's a house I don't have to do anything to, I'm buying. I'm I'm just doing it myself. Put up the sign and do that. I do that. Uh, I don't know. I, we do about twelve a year ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know myself. Uh, where and then I keep another three or four. Ah, eh, that's not true. I, I have another partner that we keep. We keep another six or seven. So. Yeah, about ten a year we'll we'll keep and uh, for ourselves, and then uh, about ten to twelve a year we'll we'll do, and then the rest we wholesale out. Gotcha. So you mentioned you have a partner. Yes. How long have you had a partner? So uh, I call him my partner. It's I, I own the business, uh, but he does. We, we we partner up on the west side. Mm-hmm. Um, so Josh Barton, I don't know if you know him. Uh, he does all my west West Valley stuff. I do all the East Valley stuff, mm-hmm. and then we we do a split on on what he's able to get. Gotcha. We, we used to we used to work together down in the Pinal County auctions, mm, okay. and um, uh, it's been he's been a good guy. You know, it's hard in this business, man. There could be some snakes, and there's some when money gets involved. Um, there's some people that can do some really uh, not uh, not not good things. Let's say there's a TV show about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, so. Uh, Javar X wants to know, I think you mentioned this earlier, but what do you attribute your success to? Uh, just being able to adapt and to, to, to roll with the changes. Uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, that is 100% the reason I'm able to do it. That and, you know, um, not as much now, but man, I was hungry. When I, when I, when I first started in this business, um, I was hungry. I wanted to make it in this world mm-hmm. and I was willing to work. And too many people nowadays, you know, they'd rather throw money at it or, you know, they hope to get something or they want to get something, yeah. but they're not willing to do to get something. And I was willing to do to get it. Uh, I was willing to go go and 
be in the office at 6, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. I was willing to work until 9, 10 o'clock at night. Not every day, but, you know, when I was getting started, I mean, I was – I had a family, man, and I, I did not want to, I didn't want to, you know, I had kids really early, and, and I, I, wanted to, <laughs> I, didn't, I wanted to have a roof over their head. You know, okay. I, didn't, I didn't come from much. I was, my, my family, uh, my parents were, were, were not very well-to-do, and um, so, it, you know, that, I, I wanted, I wanted the, the nicer things in life, yeah. and, and I was willing to, to work to get them. I think that's the way I describe it to most people. It's like, most people want to be successful, like, I don't want the six-pack, like, Man, I want a six-pack. Yeah. But no, man. I want a six-pack, too, but I got a keg, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not putting in the work. I did not put in any of the work. I'm no, not putting in the work to get the six-pack. I do for a certain period of time, but not the work that needs to be done on a, on a continuous basis, which is exactly it. I mean, that's it, it's it's very, very similar to the gym and what's important yep. to you. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Staggy wants to know, what's your best negotiating tactics in the living room? Saying no. Same Simple note. enough, Chris Voss, right? Yeah, so I, I, I literally, um, I, I don't know who that means. I, don't, I don't read a lot of Chris Voss is like, just, is you it? know, saying no is the, giving the option to say no. Got it. Yeah, I, I, what I, what I do, and and it's and it's it's true, and I, and I, and I kind of found this out accidentally. Was I'm like, I mean, I understand that you're you're not going to want to do this. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to do this. You know, with this number, like, what what, what number? Like, give me the number. I'm like, you're, you're not. I'm embarrassed to even give it to you. I know you're not going to want to do it. And and I give the number. I'm like, yeah, you're you're right. I can't do that number, but I I can do like two grand over that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I started started using that a little bit, and uh, it's a takeaway. It's yeah, and it it, it worked out. Uh, it's worked out pretty good. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so Leo Guard wants to know what is your plan for ad spend for 2020. What's my plan for what? I'm sorry. Your ad spend, your marketing spend. Um, it's probably going to be um, a little bit higher. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we we'll probably add a couple things. I'm always trying to add and and, and add and subtract, take away and and kind of kind of test things. Um, we'll probably add another, I don't know, ten ten percent a month to the budget. And, yeah. and and just see where sort of where it goes. The thing that that uh, that really intrigues me, and I've been burned by it before. I'm I'm a sucker for anybody that comes and say, "Oh, I got AI to do it." I've lost so much money with guys that say they have AI stuff that's gonna yeah. it's, it's gonna revolutionize everything. Change everything. And, and and this AI, you sons of guns, you got me, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I've spent so much money on these guys that tell me they have AI. Uh, uh, so I'm, I, I, we, I've had that conversation this morning as well. I go I go through all this stuff all the time. Um, Another thing is uh, when you, when you get bigger, um, you can get complacent, mm-hmm. and uh, and that happened to me. You know where I have all these other people running my business, and next thing you know, your business falls on its face because yeah. you're not there overseeing it and and uh, and seeing what's going on. So um, uh, instead of just you know being like I'm the man, the big CEO, and don't have to work. Uh, I wind up um, going out, and I, that's why kind of why I still go into living rooms, and I'm still there, going all go, going over all the numbers. And it's important to have good people around you too. My COO, I've been friends with for 30 years, yeah. and and I trust him like like my brother. So, uh, you know, it's it helps to have really good people. Yeah, as well. I can't stress that enough. Having the right right people around yep. you. Yep. Um. So Those lights are hot, bro. Are <laughs> um, what is your biggest struggle? today uh, my weight no uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, my biggest struggle. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I would say being. That's a good question. What's my greatest struggle? I never think I'm good enough. I never think we're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I get frustrated very easily uh, when things don't look right the way it should. I'm not very good in systems. Like I'm the, I have uh, people, certain people that are really good at systems that work with me. I'm good at, at making deals happen and, and being being the guy and, and, you know, I know a lot of people and uh, we don't, it, it's hard for me to to work in a in a system, and uh, but I but I but I'm doing it. I'm, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to anyway. Uh, I, we our CRM is Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a multi million dollar company, and I didn't know how to work my own CRM it's up until up until thing. up until a year ago. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, then a year ago, I was like. I've really, I've got to learn how to how to do this because they're like oh just look it's in it's in Salesforce everything's in Salesforce so I'm like yeah I, I don't even know, <laughs> it's overwhelming I don't, I don't even know my login so if you've yeah. never seen it before it's <laughs> yeah, overwhelming it is overwhelming and that's why I took I remember going later and I spent before Salesforce we had uh, another one I spent ten thousand dollars for a, you know a week to to try to figure out how the heck to use it and I and I don't think I logged in after that I'm I so just. Being able to, to, you can get a little complacent with how things are going um, and depending on other people. But when you can really dial down into that stuff, it makes a huge difference. I was able to make changes over this last year because of my knowledge of Salesforce. Now now I can get in and navigate and and uh, and know exactly where my numbers are. That's why I'm able to, to to tell you when you my KPIs are off the bat because I'm in there every day and I right. got dashboards and everything else hit me in the face, you know, blinking, going, hey, you know, yeah. you know, hey, we're you're only at uh, 98% of your goal or you're at 103% of your goal or you know all this stuff. Uh, uh, it's pretty cool, you know, what you can do when you set that thing up. That's awesome. Is there a book you've gifted more than any other? Yes. Um, my own. <laughs> you have a book. <laughs> that I've gifted. Yeah, I do. But uh, uh, the uh, the book that I that I most was for me that meant the most to me was uh, how to how to win friends and influence people. You know, yeah. I, I I love that book. In fact, uh, I've read it and I have it on a book on tape, and I make sure to listen to it every couple of years just oh, to, yeah. just to remind myself of some of the stories. And I don't think it gets it it, it doesn't get old. You know, um, and and it's. It's so important. We live in such a different time now than when I grew up. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know there was you know there was nothing. Back, there was no cell phones back then. You know, there was no internet. There was no, I mean, you had to actually talk and communicate with people. And um, you know, nowadays uh, half the people won't pick up your phone call. Uh, you know, if they don't know who you are and and right. Um, if somebody knocks on the door, you're hiding instead of jumping up and going to grab it. You know, I mean, back yeah. when I was a kid, it was like, someone's at the door. Yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> someone's at the door. Hide. Don't say a word. Shushy. <laughs> <laughs> Such a different world, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. It is totally. Uh, so I'm going to let you think about one last thought you want to leave the listeners with while I make a, qu- a few quick announcements. 
Um, guys, like I said before, uh, we got some amazing feedback from our workshop that Max and I did, two and a half day event. Uh, they were surprised by the level of transparency because we go over every part of our business. So if you want to double your business, go to disruptors.com, see if the workshop makes sense for you. And next week, we've got Mr. TTP, Brent Daniels, and Todd Toback coming back for, uh, they're going to be making an announcement. So check it out next week. Uh, got Brent Daniels and Todd Toback. All right, last thoughts. Last thoughts for me? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me something. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? So, like, what's what's some something that, that the listeners need to know? Oh, you know what? Uh, real estate is the the best industry that I can even imagine. More millionaires have been made from real estate than than any other industry. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's 80 percent of all millionaires made it from? The quote's ninety. Is it ninety? That's the quote. I don't think anyone's ever been able to verify it. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but um, and it's such a rewarding experience, yeah. such a rewarding thing to do. Um, growing uh, rentals, even growing rentals, people are, are that that are you know make a, a certain amount of money, and they're like, "How can I invest with you?" I'm like, "Don't invest with me. Go invest." with you and go buy yourself a rental. Save up save up your money to go buy a rental. That's exactly what I did. I saved every freaking penny that I bought. I lived off of peanuts, you know, and, and saved my money to, to continue to buy houses. My goal when I was a kid, or no kid, I was, when I was 25, I told myself I'm gonna buy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was 25, I told myself I'm gonna buy 10 houses because that's all you could buy and, and be under the limit for mortgages. Yeah, for mortgages. Yeah. So I was gonna buy 10 houses, put them on 15-year notes, and by the time I was 40, I'd be, uh, I'd be a multimillionaire, and I'd have you know 10,000 plus dollars a month coming in 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 in, uh, in, in monthly income, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have to work ever again. Uh, that worked out really good, um, and I still have nine out of those ten houses. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, I bought ten houses over the next year and a half. Yeah, uh, all of them paid off, and then some. Uh, oh, so you had your vision, and then you executed your vision. That's correct. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And um, I was flipping houses to buy rentals, mm-hmm. so I would flip a house, um, make the twenty grand on it, you know, whatever I would make, take half of it. To flip another house and put half of it toward uh, buying another another rental, right? Until I got my ten houses, and then I tried to figure out a way to get more houses, and you know now I got a nice nice little uh, you know nest egg for my kids will be able to enjoy when I'm up, hopefully when I'm you know been a long time away from that, but when I'm gone they'll, yeah. they'll be able to enjoy that. Awesome! I think that's a great message. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, my man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. My pleasure. <laughs>